Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome uh, to this uh, special Irish Examiner post-budget business podcast. Um, this is part of our coverage that we are doing following on from Tuesday's, uh, uh, I suppose, what might be described as a landmark budget from uh, uh, the current government. Um, comes at a time of, of extreme difficulty for uh, uh, the Ireland's business community, as well as uh, households, which uh, uh, details of which have been uh, well aired so far. But uh, um, my name is Alan Healy. I'm the uh, Munster Business Hub Editor with the Irish Examiner and I'm delighted today to be joined by Mike Ryan. He's a restaurateur who operates the Corn Store restaurants in Cork and Limerick and Derry Cronin who's Managing Director of the family-owned Cronin's Croach is well known for, well they, they operate in a lot of sectors but also uh, probably most well known for um, bringing tourists around the country and on, 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 on coaches and on uh, bus trips uh, which is a was a vital part of the of the economy. Mike and Derry are very welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, Alan. Um, sure, look, we'll, we'll, we'll start straight away. I think uh, the, the budget on Tuesday, uh, you know, coming after two years of a very difficult period, um, we, while, you know, there may be some, some COVID put behind us, uh, this does not mean that this budget was by any means, a, you know, sort of a simple affair. I think it's fair to say that for, for many of us, for many in business, it's, 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 it was even more critical. Um, I might start with yourself, Mike, first and, and get your own views on what you thought and what you heard on Tuesday from uh, Pascal Dunhill and Michael McGrath. Obviously, there was the, the main headline was the um, the forty percent rebate on the increase of uh, the difference of the increase of the of your energy mm. bills, and of course, when those things happen, you have to the devil's in the detail. So I suppose yesterday I went off and I did a couple of quick maths on one 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 of our venues and to see where it was going to be at, mm. and right, uh, not to go too technical into it, but I suppose the broad outline of that was that. With the energy increases and the standing charge increases that we have, taking into account the, the forty percent taken off, we're still this t- next month will be will be over two hundred percent, if not two hundred and fifty percent higher than the same time last year, and that's including the forty percent rebate in that. So we're still going to be dealing, even though we have got, which was a great thing to get some help. But like that's still a monstrous uh, in, uh, increase in in uh, business operations on, on just energy alone. Um, mm-hmm. What else did I think about it? Well, I thought it was strange when they announced that they were increasing or extending the the uh, the nine percent. The, the nine, yeah, excuse me, the nine percent. When they announced it in April that it was going to be ending in in February, 
Do you know? Mm-hmm. So that was already so it wasn't it was it was just saying it for the sake of it. It wasn't news. It, we knew that's when the deadline was. It was the question was was it going to stay or go? Yes. And because that it, and I think it was very like for all of us like that uh, what, what was very strange was there was a lot of other um, sectors tweeting afterwards about that increase saying that like Fudge Ireland have gone out there and promoted Ireland as a destination to come to bring in uh, different tour groups uh, bringing in um, yes. uh, different organisations to come in and host their own uh, gatherings in Ireland and selling it at a set the price being set and set at nine at, at uh, with nine percent included in the VAT, so they didn't even see it going up, you know. So yes. they've sold twenty three as nine percent, and now they have to mm-hmm. go back to their they have to go back to those vendors or and say it's gone up, or do they try and swallow more of the margin? So that was another thing that I thought very strange, and one other thing that I thought was in, in regarding that was. Like you had the Taunishta, who's the ex-minister for tourism. You have the, tu- minister, the current minister for tourism, and you have uh, another minister down in Kerry saying that they weren't for the VAT to be uh, increased. Or, mm. uh, increased. So if all those people on the cabinet table are saying that that they weren't, who, who's who's listening to who? You know. So it doesn't it yeah. doesn't make much sense. It's interesting, yeah, absolutely. Derry, is that is that something that would kind of dovetail with you, what you you believe was was the nine percent VAT issue? Uh, uh, what what stood out most for you? Yeah, I suppose the the nine percent VAT is, in my view, was a mistake as well. I I'd, I'd, I would agree with that. I think um, I think that's probably a very uh, important uh, issue for tourism. And beyond tourism, for for people in in general, I think the 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 correct fat rate actually was the nine percent, and I I think that's probably a mistake. And I I kind of I, I agree with Mike, but I think in the language, I think they need to revisit that. Now, what's mm. what's not helpful, I suppose, for uh, businesses is uncertainty, and February is only around the corner, and yes. businesses cannot wait to see if there's a change comes in January, February, but I do think government would need to kind of look at that 9%. And um, just my, my reaction at the same time, oh, and, and and I agree wholeheartedly on that 9%, I think it's a really important thing for hospitality, small businesses, restaurants, pubs, hotels, and everybody. But I suppose my initial kind of reaction to the budget at the same time was one of confidence, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that I kind of felt that the surplus that was there. First of all, I, I kind of look at the last. Uh, this is this year gone has probably been the most difficult year for trading. For we consider ourselves a, a small business. Some would consider us a large business. We consider ourselves a small. Business. This is a really difficult business year as we've kind of got into rebuilding. And um, I thought the budget itself was a sign that what they did in the last two years was right, and that they took care of the citizens. They took yes. care of the people throughout the pandemic, and we went from a significant. Um, uh, deficit to a significant surplus and then the decision to reinvest that surplus again for the citizens I think that's right now as Mike said a minute ago the devil's in the details so there'll be lots of debate and that debate started heated yesterday about concrete blocks and the cost of them there'll be yes. lots of debate as to how they could have done that and yeah, well, what I think the, the most important thing to say is that what they've done is correct and I kind of, when I say there about confidence, and that's not a political speak, but I was kind of watching saying, who do you compare the government with? You compare them with other yes. governments. And I yes. kind of felt in many ways when we went into the pandemic, I was significantly concerned about 
that we didn't have maybe the decision making. But I think we saw uh, the government in the last couple of years, I think the collaboration between politicians and the competence of, um, of like we, we always think of and blame politicians for everything, but behind government are serious departments. And I think the fact that, you know, the way things have been operated from a variety of departments, I think we've, I think uh, it was one of confidence I felt, even though okay. I would disagree with some of the things that were done, but that's not my decision. I think what was, that's how it's done rather than what was done. I think the most yes. important thing is that you're actually taking care of citizens. And, and that's not to take from the challenges we face. I think uh, there's things that they could have done differently in how they distributed money. I think they could mm-hmm. have done done things differently, you know, they take care of citizens. But I think the most important thing was that we moved. We saw the action they took during the pandemic as reaping rewards in the tax take. And I think it's very important because people are struggling and businesses are struggling. But most importantly, people are struggling. And I think that's the most important you have to take care of mm. going forward. I thought you mentioned it there about uh, the surplus and, and that they may be using it effectively. But I think one of the lines that I was interested in Baskin was that there is quite a significant surplus that will continue into next year. Uh, you know, and, and we've mentioned as well, you know, could they perhaps revisit the concrete issue? Could they perhaps revisit the 9% VAT rate? Um, would you both agree that perhaps, you know, it's so volatile at the moment for the business community in particular that they may want to consider a mini budget anyway in the new year, you know, that just get us through winter. Mike, yeah. what do you think about that? Um well, I think it's kind of all teed up for a mini budget in February, to be honest, the way they've kind okay. of pushed everything to February. I think yeah. if you read between the lines, I think it t- so they'll have to read, like, at the end of the day, they don't know, we don't know where things are going to land. So I think they've given themselves the scope to actually revisit things again in February and intervene where they have to intervene. I suppose on the surplus, it's like any household or business, like you need to keep a little bit of a buffer if you don't know what's right. coming around, you know. So should you spend it all now? I don't I wouldn't say it'd be wise. I agree with Derry, mm-hmm. like, you know, the government really no matter how we give out about we I think as a nation we love to give out about politicians. But we we were taken care of. Like the country was taken care of through COVID, you know, between there was rights and wrongs, but as a whole, the country came out of that whole scenario and lockdowns pretty much intact. You know, mm-hmm. um, but you know, some like obviously not everyone, but like they 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 covered as many people as they could. So I suppose you do have to have trust in people you elect in. Um, you should always keep a bit of a buffer, even though it's easy if the, the cash is in the bank to spend it now. Um, and once I suppose a lot, the majority of this surplus is coming from corporation tax, which is you know, yes, there's uh, you know that's. For the foreseeable future, should be there. I suppose we can't always rely on it that all these multinational companies are going to operate out of Ireland. But for now and for the the near future, that should be there. So I suppose time of uh, back back in uh, was this eight or nine nine or ten that they they raided the uh, the pensions. Yes. Uh, so, you know, um, and I suppose that, yeah, and I think you know it had to be done, but the surface yes. was there to do it. But I think you, at some stage you have to start building up that war chest again, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Derry, the energy thing, I suppose, is, is still critical. I mean, you know, we're talking about electricity and gas, I suppose, is is the buyer at the moment. Um, your industry, I suppose, obviously consumes a lot of fuel as well. Um, do you see any sort of hope that, that there may be some relief there? Um, I think 
Pascal no, Donahue's look, said it's all hold, hold, hold steady, no increase or decrease uh, from their side. Yeah, no, the um, the energy uh, in general is like we face enormous challenges going forward. I think as a as a as a country, uh, now everybody's facing energy challenges, but there has to be a strategy around energy that's specific to Ireland. I think the rising cost of energy that that was, I suppose accelerated and people will say the, the war in Ukraine is the big driver of it but it, we just weren't prepared for an event like the war in Ukraine and what that did to the cost of energy hmm. so the cost of energy is is a serious um, issue it needs um, a strategy and I know uh, renewable energy is you know there, there are things being done around that strategy but I think I don't think it's enough to kind of like energy was almost like being driven by um, uh maybe the the green agenda rather than energy is critical to everybody, to businesses, to people. And that's, that needs serious uh, strategy. And the, the point Mike made earlier on, like I, I I think they've, it's going to help in what they've done with the cost of energy for businesses. And they're trying to help with the cost of energy at home. But I, I I don't see it as probably being enough in our own business. And like, I, again, I, I probably, as I said, I felt that the, I felt that the budget did a lot of things right. I wasn't really even maybe looking at it from our own business. But I'll give, yes. give you two examples. One, we would have about €500,000 more cost this year on fuel than okay. we did in, 19, in, in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. That, of that €500,000, uh, 79% of it goes to the government. Yes. So the tax take to the government... And even to Mike's point about the 9% VAT, I'd say if you looked at the tax take at 9% for hospitality, it was probably higher than the... Because uh, if, you know, I think the logic they used to not, to cutting that rate or to increasing that rate to 13.5% isn't, is, I think it's kind of, I don't think it's correct in that yeah. um, they said that it's because of price gouging. That's, that's not correct at all. Like 9% is actually a fair that rate for that service as a value add it's a fair and the government actually have an opportunity to get more tax take from it because if if the people that are moving to ireland to work in ireland if the cost of the cup of coffee or the, or the even out if that's too expensive we're going to struggle and 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 if if a, a hotel rates for example will rise and fall with demand yes. but the government still gets the nine percent so if they get nine percent of 100 euro or they get nine percent of 200 euro you know, now they're getting at nine percent to two hundred euros. They're getting eighteen percent or eighteen. You know, so the, the, like there's a lot of small businesses run on very tight margins, and I think that's actually a fair margin. And I think there is something that they need to look at with fuel for those that depend on fuel, and particularly the coach transport. Like people don't realise, I suppose, in coach transport you can't came back the VAT on fuel. Okay. So you have you have the excise plus mm-hmm. the VAT. So there's there's close to eighty percent of the cost of fuel actually goes to the government. And our fuel bill will be one one and a half million euro, which is extraordinary. Oh, water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 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 that VAT issue though, and, and you're you're embedded in the tourism sector, it, I suppose there's a bad timing when it coincides with the weak stirring that we're seeing at the moment. It's 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 there's extreme difficulties. Have you concerns about the level of UK visitors that might want to be able to come visit Ireland um this winter and into next year? 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, I think um, I think competitiveness is um, so confidence and competitiveness. Uh, I used to say that uh, water, electricity, and tourists follow the path of least resistance, yes. and competitiveness can cause that resistance as well as uh, confidence. So they need certainty. They need a place needs to be like uh, uh, safety is key. So Ireland, Ireland has punched way above its weight with attracting visitors. Even as we've recovered this year, uh, you know, it's been a difficult year for all of us involved in tourism as we've tried to keep up with the pace of recovery uh, and rising costs of operating during that recovery. But Ireland has done very, very well. But I would be concerned that the rising costs have been um, almost artificially suppressed by the dollar-euro value. And now we're going to see the opposite. The UK is a very important market and we're going to see the, the that value taken away by currency. We will, and I've seen it. Um, starting to see it uh, on the other end uh, because people who come to Ireland, it's you know, it's it's it's, it's overseas money that's been spent here, and it's a very important. We can't just be circulating all the money in the, the country. We have to attract in like foreign direct investment. Tourism is considered that too as well. So I think you need um, you need to be attracting overseas visitors. And I would be concerned in the long term about that competitive side of it. Yeah, Mike, um, Derry mentioned the word, the phrase price gouging, and it was something that was connected to this um, VAT increase, most notably targeted on, on sort of the Dublin hotels. I think Pascal Dunhu directly um, addressed the issue in a meeting with them. Was that an unfair um, point to make at the hospitality industry? Well, as a whole, it was. You know what I mean? Because, like, I think uh, a lot of restaurants at the time were, were 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 tweeting up what their menus were in nineteen and what their menus were um, right now, and they were running in on par with where inflation was running or below it. You know, so um, everyone went through a hard time. I know there's this supply and demand argument. I wouldn't one hundred percent back it because, like, if I'm down to my last two steaks, I don't up the price and say who mm-hmm. wants them. You know, so I would agree that there was the optics were bad, but as a whole, it was very unfair because, as Derry said, it's a very fair price. And what did the government want? Do they want thirteen percent of a hundred euro, or do they want, or do they, or do they want nine percent to two hundred euro? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, um, you know, I just think when pe- people will spend more, I could see if people were holding tourists over the country this year already have been holding back, and because a lot of people felt it was very expensive you know their, their accommodation care rental like there was a lot there was a lot of different factors so I think it was a big it was a knee-jerk reaction and mm-hmm. 
Like it might be a flippant comment, but I think Pascal was getting into the ear from a lot of colleagues how expensive mm-hmm. it was about the price gouging because that's because they had to stay in Dublin. But yeah. like you you know, and I think that that was so that was commented on, I suppose, in in in, in around it all. So I think that was because he said at that meeting publicly that you know he'd never been asked as much time as many times to increase the battery rate. I think that was just because of anger on the ground about prices of accommodation. But, you know, I think if you go around Dublin or you go around Cork or Galway or Limerick, you, you, you'll find a very fair price. You have a lot of people in competition with each other when it comes to the, in the food side of things and in the pub side of things. And prices are, are generally not that much more expensive. They, they, they've gone up with the price rises. Like, Every single day this morning again, got another email on butter. You know what I mean? I get right. emails that, you know, like how much a pound of butter is gone to, how much milk is going up to. It's just constant every single day. No different than what hotels are. Like Derry's fuel bill is absolutely what eye-watering. You know what I mean? And I'm shocked the fact that they can't get back back on it. But like even I did, I did the maths on our, our, our premises. This was back in April when I thought that we were going to be when I thought we were at the height of, uh, I was hoping we were at the height of where our prices were going, and I built in a buffer of, yes. I was at, I was at uh, forty cent, because we came out of contract, and sure we're going to surpass that by a long shot, and then at that stage we were going to be two hundred and fifty thousand on energy up, and that was back then, like we reckon now on on five premises we'll be over half a million up on what we were, uh, in in say last year or the year before. You know, so when when, okay. it, when the dust settles, like there isn't like there isn't half a million in 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 uh, of a buffer in, in in the food industry. You know what I mean? It's like most businesses, you have to be lean to compete, and so it's not there. You know, so people there's a lot of people saying price gouging. I suppose there are people jump, jumping on the bandwagon on every sector, but at the end of the day, if people want, they do shop around. So unless everyone is doing it collectively, you know, as in cartels you know, people will find the best price. So it does, people will sell at what they have to have margins to keep their businesses going and their employees paid and to have something at the end of the day of working seven days a week. Um, There's margins you have to hit and you'll hit them and that's what you sell at. And sometimes you have to swallow it to just make a good deal. But you can't, you can't swallow it all because you go under. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Derry, is that something that you agree with? I mean, just trying to swallow these expenses and then the rising input costs. I mean, you know, is there any sort of uh, horizon to it that you see? Um, you know, I'd be just trying to encourage people to keep going because it's so difficult. On like, uh, people have to the the challenge with the rising costs uh, and to and to keep a business going, like. We're, we'd be very concerned about risk, you know, um, which, like, we we have a significant investment in vehicles. And again, now I kind of put that in numbers. Like, if we were ordering 10 new vehicles, yes. 300,000 euro a pop, <laughs> we need to invest 3 million in vehicles to take people to spread them regionally around the whole country. And our partners, overseas partners that would depend on that, we'd have to have confidence in doing that. So you have rising cost of borrowing that money, You've rising cost of operating that. And then the most important thing inside our organization at the end of the day is the people. So we have to increase wages. Their costs are increasing at a rate. We increased wages uh, uh, marginally. In, we had made the decision last November for this year. It's not enough. So we have yeah. to increase wages. And, um, and before people 
when they were faced with that challenge, they could work more. They can't work more now. Like even, yeah. uh, you know, a driver who's driving it, for example, and this is simple stuff now, and a lot of things can be simple, but a driver who's driving a, a truck uh, Monday to Friday delivering goods was quite happy to drive a coach at the weekend and maybe do the school runner, uh, go to a match or take his local team away. He can't do that. Regulation will not allow him to do that. He can't actually go out and earn a little bit more. He was happy to do that. Um, so we have a huge challenge around the people. And if we, and if we want to be, take care of them, which at the end of the day, that's the key. Like we have a responsibility to the people that we employ, the people that, have, that depend on us. I think that's a, the, the key, the, the, the most important thing. And how do we do that? How do we mm. uh, make sure that they're taken care of, make sure that they have a, a future? Um, uh, we have a, a, a kind of a theory inside our own company that nobody's paid enough, but you paid in the best you can. But we're now challenging, how can we do more? How can we do more? That's, that's going to be, and that's on top of all the other rising, rising costs. And as I said at the start there, I, I think I have confidence in, in what's being done, but I wouldn't underestimate the challenges that we're facing for the next few, few years. And I think there's a great opportunity for us to be kind of the best small country in the world, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mike Derry mentioned there, kind of uh, employees and labour stuff. I mean, I know the hospitality industry had an awful struggle last year and into this year trying to build up staff again and and um and i think you and me have spoken about it before about the challenge you had i mean you even had staff members who had left the country and you know what i mean would they come back where does that stand now i mean you know is is are you um, still having difficulties yeah across the board but i think every every organization in the country like i was talking with my accountants yesterday and they can't get people to work uh, or they're, they're, they're people working in different countries. And I suppose there's, for different reasons, there's a draw to work elsewhere, um, many factors. But I suppose bringing it back to our own, like what happened was there was a massive drain of experienced people that left. And when, when you're bringing in new personnel, they have to be trained and trained properly and, you know, not trying to deepen because they won't stay around long, you know what I mean? So people have to be taken care of. And normally what traditionally happened is you have an experienced member of staff with a, a, a new member of staff and, you know, they'd be shadowed and be brought along and they'd be mentored. That can't happen because the experience, the, 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 like what's happening now is that you have people coming in and they're kind of slightly being left in the deep end somewhat. You do, do as much training as you can and cushioning as you can of people. But like they're coming in, they've never, so it's a younger set. Now I'm talking, so I suppose traditionally the, the hospitality sector operates on part-time staff, some part of it, but then full-time staff. Like, so we had a lot of people that were working with us that had mortgages and they, were, they, they had to have stability and the open closing of the operations was a factor on that. And some people moved into different um, sectors, you know, so, but they will be experienced managers. You couldn't keep... No business could carry every single person. You kept it. We kept our, a full. Ma- we kept our full management team as much as possible. But like you know, we've even people that were in our in in the team with us questioning. Now I think it's a time to look for a different career. You know, and yeah. people are just thinking. I think generally in the population, people going. You know, people realise that they're going to live a bit longer than their, their, their forefathers, and there's there's another couple of careers in them maybe. And they want to examine that. And something, if you have the opportunity to do so, people can do it. With such a labour shortage, people can go out there and look around. And uh, so, yeah, we're all, in the short, we're all struggling still. Uh, like, I can't just bring uh, someone that's just came in the door and say, you work the grill and cook steaks for the night. 
You know yes. what I mean? So, so like, there's a skill set gone. I think there's a skill set gone in so many businesses. I don't. I generally don't know where people are gone, but um, you know. But lots of my colleagues would have uh, their kids straight away who would have grown up in the business have gone to Australia or going to America or you know those routes that people. I suppose a lot of people couldn't travel for a couple of years and take the opportunity to go now. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but we are struggling for experienced um, operators. And I think you have to you have to address the kind of competitiveness issue in that then as well. And how can you attract mm. people to stay to work into employment? How can they progress? Uh, the cost of housing is a huge challenge. Cost of rent that's a huge challenge as a society. I should have uh, brought that up as well, Derry, because that's yeah, my big. That's, that's why I've lost so many people. They couldn't that's afford the hardest to stay part. Here. That's the hardest part for people, and that goes back to the taking care system. That's the challenge that the government faces going forward. I think one thing that they, and again, I said, I, I felt that the, the budget, I looked at it with confidence and you can say, how could you distribute the money differently? I think the one that they'll probably have to tackle at some stage and have a strategy on is, is the US, uh, USC mm-hmm. charge. I think that's one thing that could have been tackled because that's that's like you need, uh, even um, the person that's uh, maybe that's retired retired young that could be attracted into the hospitality other other sectors quite happy to work you know employment is a very important part of your uh, social fabric and and you want to make it attractive for people to work i think that's the one area that they, they could have um uh, tackled as well as the as well as the bat for tour for hospitality yeah. and what i think yeah. that usc is probably like that that kind of catches money from everybody really and that's the one area that that was originally brought in and people subscribe to it as a temporary um, charge back in 2008 or nine after the last uh, recession. And now we're 10 or 12 years down line. People should be told, yeah, the te- what is that temporary? Is that temporary for them? Yes. You know? I, think, I think every government has promised in their pre-election manifestos that they would abolish it when they were in opposition. And yeah. it's, it's still here with us, alive and well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, look, I think we had an excellent discussion. I think, I mean, uh, you know, kind of, draw things to a close on this, but I, I just want to get your views um, from both of you, just on what your view is for uh, uh, the next, I suppose, six months to a year. I mean, I think, Derry, you were saying that you're kind of somewhat optimistic, despite the difficulties that we have, or, or is that the right word, word to use? Yeah, look, I'd be optimistic uh, um, and committed, I suppose. Uh, like, um, I feel everybody within our own organisation, it's been a really challenging kind of challenging year a lot of pressure a lot of pressure financially on people a lot of stress as we but i think i i would be hopeful and i would be i think we have a great product and i'm talking about really from the tourism point you can attract people overseas i just think we need to um we need to have kind of some of the long-term vision around you know if it's a great place to live to be a great yes. place to visit and that's where you have to take care of the people and mike finally to you no matter about the doom and gloom, like I, I would be optimistic. You have to be. There's no point opening a business every day if you're not optimistic about the future. You know what I mean? You want to have. Yeah, ha- I think we all see challenges personally and professionally, and you just have to get on with it and work work with the challenge, the carriage you're dealt. Really, you know, you have to play the carriage you're dealt. And most people are resilient, and you saw it during lockdown how people modified businesses, how they altered what they were doing just to keep going so no matter what happens people will keep going you know what i mean it's going to be very very difficult um financially 
But like, thankfully, our cities are intact, our infrastructure is intact, and 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 we're not under shelling of any type, you know, which is yes. which would be a worse scenario to be in. So, like, you know, I am optimistic that we'll get through it. You know what I mean? I just hope, hopefully, we'll get through it as unscathed as possible. You know. Listen, um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting week. Absolutely, we've had a budget. It remains to be seen. Will the Will we be back here in six months having this discussion again uh, with another mini budget? Um, but uh, that said, we'll have to wait and see what measures the government has introduced will, and what impact they will have. Um, no one can predict the future, of course. But look, on that, I'd like to thank Derry and thank Mike for joining us uh, at the Irish Examiner. Um, we we'll continue to uh, find all our business coverage online and in print. And with that, I'll say thank you. Thank you very much, Alan. Take care, Ed. All the best, Terry. We'll chat to you. Thanks. Right. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 